On today's featured, we have Searcher Clade. Uh, Searcher Clade, he is the main protagonist from Disney's latest animated film, Strange World, and he is voiced by Jake Gyllenhaal. He is the member of a community called Avalonia, who had discovered a plant-based power source called Pando, which basically powers all the technology in this uh, city. Um, his father is named Jaeger Clade, who was a famous explorer, and when Searcher was younger, he was trained by his father to become an explorer, but in the end, uh, Searcher had his own legacy to be a farmer, which is where he discovered Pando and kind of became the hero of Avalonia. Um, he also has a son named Ethan Clade. His wife's name is Meredith, Mer uh, sorry, Meridian Clade. And they all live on a farm at Avalonia where they grow Pando. That is my featured for this week. Yay, and more to come on the movie later yes. in this episode. Yeah, I didn't want to give too much because I know we are going to go into a bit more spoilers later. Yeah. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. The Marvelous Galaxy. The Disney, yeah. Welcome to this week's Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. My name's Sean. And I'm Alan. And I wanted to be get very real, a little bit somber before we get into our more lighthearted segments. Favorites, last Sunday was a very hard day for me. I know it's, you know, it's week old news now, but I just wanted to kind of share my thoughts and opinions and share our um, positive energy towards all the negative that happened last Sunday. So I woke up to the news that I have a hard time talking about it even now. Jason David Frank has been taken from us, um, allegedly by his own hand. Uh, he was born September 4th, 1973. Uh, he passed away November 19th, 2022. Um, he was the Green Power Ranger. He was briefly part of the Disney family in um, Power Rangers Dino Thunder as the Black Ranger. And I think it's just hard because, like, he's been a hero to a lot of us since we were very young. I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast, but since uh, last September uh, 2021... I've been watching through every single Power Rangers season. I'm almost at the end. Alan hates it because it's just always playing in our home. So it's very hard news to hear this and especially to see people like uh, Amy Jo Johnson, who was the Pink Ranger, talk about just how great of a person he was and how surprising this was. It was very hard news to a lot of us. So my heart goes out to him and his family. And then on top of that, then I got a... I was talking to my mom, and then my heart broke once again on Sunday because we had the shooting at Club Q. I'm getting emotional. In Colorado Springs, and that's just always hard for me to hear about. Not only shootings, but especially shootings against my family and my people. So it just did not feel like a day that we could record. It just felt off. I couldn't like bring myself to bring the energy for you guys, Favorite. So, um... My thoughts on the shooting, I think a lot of people don't see queer people as people. Um, we're demonized a lot as being, you know, sinners are disgusting and we're just put into this box. So I think as a community, what we need to do is 
keep on showing people who we are, keep on um, putting our voices out there, whether it's through writing, whether it's through podcasting, whether it's through supporting people who do these things. Um, I have a friend who even told me once, like, she she's older. She told me I had a picture of what gay people were, and then I met you, and that picture was basically thrown out the window because, you know, you have hopes and dreams and everything like anybody else does. You just happen to also like men. So I think... Um, I don't know. I'm tired of hearing this news and I don't know the best answer to it. I think the start is to show people that we are people and support media that shows us as people. Well, also, I mean, it's, it was, or it is November we're towards the end of it, but you know, it was an election month. I think the biggest way to also show your voice to, um, you know, things, cause I, I do think the majority of us are, you know, it's just a small community or not community, a small population of people that, you know, do feel this way. Um, is to, you know, show your vote, vote, go out and vote. Um, hopefully you did uh, this past election, but you know, that's one of the, I, I mean, I would even say small steps you can make, um, mm-hmm. to make a change. Um, because yeah, I mean, things like gun control, I think is something that I think a lot of people have opinions on. Um, it's just, unfortunately, a lot of people that are voting or, you know, putting their voices out there is a small part of the American population. Agreed. Yeah, and thank you for letting us, you know, put our voice out there. We just want to make sure that we speak to it, even though it's not always easy to hear or speak to, as you can tell. And yeah, as at this point, we're going to go ahead and move into our regular show. But we just wanted to show our appreciation for, um, you know, the people who have come before us, the people who unfortunately lost their lives. And hopefully we do get some good out of this. Hopefully we do get change for the better, at least from this tragedy that's taken place. Mm-hmm. All right. Shall we move over to Disney first? Sure. Disney. Disney. Disney, Disney. <laughs> so uh, we promised you two weeks ago we were going to watch Utopia Plus. Yeah. And we did. We did. <laughs> How'd you like it? It was good. I mean, I'll be honest. I was cooking something that time. So, oh yeah, I was cooking breakfast at that time. So I wasn't like fully connected to it. But I did. there were some cool scenes, especially, um, I'll agree with Rachel, that the musical um, episode was awesome. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and they're very short, so, you know, it's a, we saw it in, like, basically I cooked breakfast and it was done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I thought these were fun. Um, they're only 10 minutes each, there's only six episodes, and even still, like, at that point, too, we're factoring in credits and opening, so they're even shorter, but we watched them all, like, together, so it was about an hour, and they were all fun, but yeah, the musical was definitely the most funnest. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then uh, we also watched Disenchanted. We did. How do we like that? Yeah, so Disenchanted uh, is the sequel to Enchanted, and I don't know, it definitely had a different tone, I would say, to the first one. I think mostly because, like for me, my opinions on it was that Enchanted felt more like a parody of... Disney animated movies or just animated movies in general, fairy tales, 
And this one kind of was almost like the opposite. Like it was, that was the center stage of it. It's like they're thrown into a fairy tale. Everyone, I think my main gripe is that everyone played into being in the fairy tale scene. Whereas Enchanted was like, someone was so into it, but everyone else was more real life. So I think that Mm. was like, there's that like disconnect, which made it interesting. And this one didn't have that. It was like, everyone was in this fairy tale land and played into it. And that was it. <laughs> I yeah. mean, there were there were you know some um, uh, you know problems with um, oh I forgot her name uh, Giselle being the stepmother, but uh, after that it just felt like any other animated story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the story could have been better. It wasn't you know I'd rather have the sequel than not have it. I think it's enjoyable, but it just didn't have that same magic feel to me that the original had. And then the songs weren't as memorable to me, mm-hmm. but then we had Rachel <laughs> who loved it. She was surprised when I like it more. Yeah. So I'm glad at least it's getting mixed to positive. So it's, there's not really too many people who are like, this is terrible. I shouldn't have been late. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't feel like I waste my time watching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm glad I watched it. But yeah, I would still say Enchant- the first Enchanted was better. Yeah. For sure. And if you need to pick me up, if you need to go over to Disneyland and you don't have a magic key, it's great because they're back on the market. They were. And then they're off again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think they were only up for like two days, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And um, Disney <laughs> did, didn't announce them coming back they were just like we will have these back on sale at like they i think they made the announcement like at 9 a.m and no it was close i remember it was close to around like 11 and that's when i got a notification that they had started going on sale again at nine. Oh, okay so disney like unless they sent some other notification they didn't get well i i got the tiktok around like eight okay i saw someone post a tiktok around like eight eight thirty and yeah um, they were on sale at around nine. So, well, luckily our dear Rachel got one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she had to wait, I think, around eight hours because I think she waited from eleven to seven. Yeah. Um, some people I heard even signed in later that night and waited till the next day. Yeah, but I mean, it's worth it if you want that pass. That was your last shot, probably for a while. Yeah, unless Iger something happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that would be a great uh, birthday present. Yeah. So since we didn't um, record, make a episode last week, just wanted to give Mickey and Minnie a shout out uh, for a happy birthday. They turned 94 this year. Um, and this is based on um, Mickey's first appearance uh, in the Steamboat Willie cartoon. Um, and... It's not just Mickey, it's Mickey and Minnie because both of them um appeared in this um in this episode and this is the first um animated cartoon with sound. Um so it was a big thing when it first came out and yeah, Disney decided to celebrate Disney's birth or Mickey's birth and Minnie's birth um on this episode or on this yeah, episode um <laughs> In ni- back in 1928. So, yeah, they are 94 years old, everyone. Wow. Yeah. They have a really good plastic surgeon. Oh, animators, mostly. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, um, so, 
As you get, I didn't want to make a cute remark for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's a tough segue to make. But um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this show, but just uh, not discover. Um, what is it? National Geographic. Well, Ge- Disney Plus, uh, which or Disney, who owns National Geographic um, on Disney Plus, they had premiered a new show, um, and it starring Liam or Chris Hemsworth. Um, and it's basically him who is kind of going through um, different challenges uh, to kind of better himself, um, even though he's like physically fit already. Um, it's called Limitless, and every episode kind of goes through certain challenges. So this first episode, he is working with a um, um, like a psychologist to kind of better his uh stress levels because he's you know a full-time actor he has children um so he's very stressed um so what better way to do it than to have him walk across a plank on one of the tallest buildings in the in australia (laughs) um and he did it obviously but uh what i'm trying to get to is that throughout these episodes um he discovers that he um got a health revelation uh, that he has early onset Alzheimer's. So with that, you know, I think he, a lot of people are speculating that he might take a bit of a break from acting as he gets older. Um, but it is kind of cool that he kind of got caught this ahead of time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. How sad. Yeah. But, you know, he's still, I mean, I don't think he's, this isn't going to happen like really soon. Yeah. It'll be, you know, throughout the years. But yeah. Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you don't have Disney Plus, there is a deal going on right now. Um, you know, given Black Friday and Cyber Monday, um, this deal is only going to be available until December 7th. And it is, uh, you'll, through this deal, you'll get Disney Plus for $80 for a whole year, which is about a 39% savings. So yeah, if you don't have Disney Plus, you can get it uh, at a cheaper price. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh-huh. Now, is there anything shady happening with Disney Plus? Let's find <laughs> out. So imagine this, if you will, Favorites. After that horrible news last Sunday, we're at our friend's house with uh, her and her fiance. And we're playing. I know this may not have come up in conversation for a while because it's been out for a while and people don't play it as much. We were playing Betrayal at the House on the Hill. And suddenly I get a news article saying Bob Chapek has been fired. And I was like, what? This can't be real. But our friend, did I mention she works for Disney? So a few minutes later, she got the email that said Bob Chapek has left. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, my gosh, it's real. It's finally happening. So, yeah, if you haven't heard, Bob Chapek got let go. Bob Iger's back he signed on to come back for two years in that time he is eligible for a one million dollar salary per year plus potential bonuses depending on how the company's going this has been met by some good and bad i mean everybody's excited he's back but it also just kind of makes everybody look bad because how come Iger couldn't set somebody up to successfully take over after him the Disney company just signed JPEG's three-year new contract mm-hmm. back in July, so it's only been in effect for a few months. So we'll see what happens with this. Yeah. 
So some of the things that were happening, <laughs> I love this, it's so stupid. So Bob Chapek was like, oh my glob, everybody, look how much money I'm bringing in from Disney Plus. I'm doing such a great job. It turned out he was producing things under the Disney Channel moniker. So he'd spend Disney Channel money to make it and then put it on Disney Plus as an original. So that way it looked like, oh, JPEG's bringing all this money. But really, he was just moving it around. Mm -hmm. So for some reason, the company didn't like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they also let go um, his right-hand man, Kareem Daniel, who was head of the Disney Media and Entertainment Distribution. And there's somebody else on the chopping block. Yeah, I mean, this one makes sense. It's uh, His name is Arthur Bachner, and he is the chief of staff and speechwriter. So basically the guy who writes all of the press releases um, and, I guess, interview kind of points uh, for JPEG. Um, so he's also let go as well, too. He actually handled a lot of the, like, Disney Don't Say Gay stuff. Um, oh, that was really bad. The majority of his job, too, so... Yeah, he is also on the outs as well. So a lot of reports are saying that (laughs) Iger would frequently talk bad about JPEG, about how he's ruining the brand, about how he's too money hungry, um, about just how unhappy he was with uh, JPEG's leadership. So this does not come as a surprise, especially because the, the place where I feel that Chapek messed up is Iger came to him and said, Hey, buddy, I want to help you. And Chapek was like, Nope, get out of my office. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, if the person who put you in your position comes to you and says, I want to help you, that usually means, Hey, you're not doing a good job. I want to help make you better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to turn him away, that was just... A stupid move and an arrogant move. Yeah, yeah. I definitely see a lot of the arrogance now of all of this. I mean, I I would say, like, I was trying to see the good side of things because this is, we were in COVID and then, like, all of this other stuff happened. So, like, no one really has the experience of, like, how to handle a theme park during a pandemic. But, yeah, after seeing a lot of things like shifting money around and just, like, Genie Plus. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I think a lot of things can be handled better. But, you know, we'll see how Iger tries to fix things. You know? Yeah, he's already uh, shaking things up. So, yeah, I'm very eager to see. Because we did talk about, like, how much of this was the company needing to make changes and how much of it was JPEG. So I think mm-hmm. now we'll kind of see from what Iger does, what was the company and what was just JPEG. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully he strips away. One of the things that's been talked about is how Disney World kind of limits how many people can get Lightning Lane. So we're kind of hoping that's done at Disneyland also. Yeah. So we'll see. We will see. Yeah. So one last thing in the Disney section is I wanted to briefly talk about Strange World and just how we liked it with no spoilers, and then we can give a full review at the end in our spoiler-filled section. How does that sound? Do I have a choice? No. (laughs) How did you like Strange World? I liked it. I, I'm sure. Well, yeah, I'm sure you you've all seen like reviews or just like how the movie is doing right now financially. Um, it is unfortunate because after watching it, like I did enjoy it. It was a really good movie. 
a lot of great visuals um, and the characters were were likable too. So, you know, I hope everyone who can watch watches it because it is a good movie to support. Like, I think we felt that the marketing didn't do a good job of telling people what the movie was. So I think that's one big downfall and just not a good start for the movie. But yeah, please, if you can watch the movie to support it, because <laughs> I think it is worth a watch for sure. Here's what I'm going to say until we get into the spoiler filled. Um, <laughs> this movie is a conservative person's nightmare. <laughs> so just for that reason, go and see it. I wanted to make as much money as possible it's got very obvious, very real queer characters. It's got biracial um, marriages. It's just, it's it's a real life type movie. Like it just has people who aren't all white and who are different. And it was just very refreshing to see that like in this world, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if a character was queer. Nobody cared that much. Mm -hmm. So I like seeing that. I like seeing nobody cared that like, you know, uh, two people of different races are married. Like, it didn't matter. And that's how life should be. Like, everybody should just be who they are. Yeah. So I love that about it. Um, I think the story was okay. I think where this movie really shined was in the character development and showing family dynamics between these characters. So don't listen to these reviews. It's a very enjoyable movie, and they're all dummy heads. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, like a lot of the critique was that it, oh yeah, it is like a pretty basic story, but it's like, that's fine. <laughs> I just want to watch a Disney movie and, you know, get entertained and eat popcorn. Yeah. That's all I care about. Two bowls of popcorn, because <laughs> they're refillable. One and a half. We took half of it home. And I ate some of it. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, more on that later. Mm -hmm. Shall we move over to Marvelous? Marvelous. Yeah, marvelous. I thought halfway through, maybe I'll change it on him and say galaxy, but then I went with it. That's why there's such a long... Oh, are you going to edit that out? No! No! <laughs> People want to hear that! Mm -hmm. There's a new villainous out. There is. This one's weird, y'all. This one's weird because usually you get like either a big box with usually four to five characters or you get the smaller box with like three characters. But this one's a smaller small box where you just get one character. Yeah. You just get Venom. Yeah. I think it's I wonder if that's how they're going to do expansions moving forward is just one at a time because you do get I mean, yeah, you do get more money out of that. What, is like $15 for one? It's $15. Usually the three characters are like 25 Yeah. So yeah, it's it's probably a JPEG decision. <laughs> no. no, he probably has nothing to do with it. Yeah. But the thing I don't like about it, I don't even mind that you're paying more, but also like I already have so many boxes for Villainous, and now I'm going to have like mm -hmm. individual boxes. Yeah, if you decide to keep on collecting them. If? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. So with everything that's been happening, we haven't had time to play it yet. But here's what I really like about what I'm seeing with Venom. He seems really fun. He seems similar to Kylo Ren in the Star Wars Villainous, where you use uh, tokens. So you have to, like, 
turn enough tokens onto a Spider-Man character to turn them into a Venom character. So if they, if say Spider-Man's health is five, you need to have five Venom tokens on that oh, on that Spider-Man. Okay. And what's fun is there's different versions of Spider-Man in the deck, including I got really excited and sent the picture to friends of the pod, Kevin and Chris, of Scarlet Spider, because we all love Scarlet Spider. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think this is a fun expansion. I just hope this isn't the way moving forward. <laughs> I want multiple character expansions. Yeah. And it's funny because usually you'll kind of hear about it ahead of time, but it just came out and it was really quiet. <laughs> yeah, I heard nothing. Yeah. You know what I did hear about, though? What? I love this. Uh, Darcy Lewis from the Thor movies. Also WandaVision, played by Kat Dennings. Meow, meow. Meow, meow. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, her character was so popular that she's making the jump to comic books. So that's exciting. We've seen this happen multiple times with characters like um, Harley Quinn, uh, Firestar. But this is like the first time that we're seeing it from the MCU. Well, not really, because Coulson also kind of made that jump. But this is exciting because she's a fun character and she's created specifically for the movies. Mm -hmm. So she'll be added. Another big thing we've never really talked about is it's funny because uh, Nick Fury in the Ultimate universe was modeled after samuel jackson which nick fury to that point had always been a white guy (laughs) so they just decided to change it up over in the ultimate universe and then he got so popular after being modeled after samuel jackson that's why they had samuel jackson play nick fury in the movies so comic to movies and then, because he got so popular in the movies being Nick Fury, then they said in the mainstream comics that Nick Fury had a son named Nick Fury oh. who was black. Oh. <laughs> so there's two Nick Furies in the regular comics now, the older white dude and his son, the Samuel L. Jackson-looking dude. Mm, okay. So it's funny how that, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so there's two Nick Furies, and one is white and one is... Black? Yeah. Oh. One is the white guy's son, Nick Fury. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, the the older white dude, Nick Fury, ended up... Basically, do you remember Red Skull in um, Endgame where he's like all shrouded yeah. and watching things? That's what Nick Fury is now in the comics. Okay. He wears a shroud and watches things. <laughs> I thought the white Nick Fury had a son who was black, and I would have been like, wait a minute. No, yeah, that's what oh. it is. So why is he not like, not like, wait a minute, why is my son black? Well, he's in with a black woman. Okay. So, like, he's half black. Yeah. Okay. I get it now. I'm following. <laughs> We've had a long day, Pat, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, in more Marvel news, uh, Blade has got a new director. So, the French-born, London-raised director, Jan Demange. And I think this is a really good fit because he worked on White Boy Rick, but also he did an episode of Lovecraft Country. Oh. So I feel like that's completely what the Blade world should be because it was very black focused, but also it was horror themed. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a great decision. I'm excited for this change up. Yeah. And it looks like Blade is also getting a new writer, so we'll see how that goes. Some people have said, there's been rumors that Mahershala Ali, who Mm -hmm. plays Blade, 
is irritated and that he's like really close to cutting ties. I don't know if this is true. It's just a rumor I've heard because they're basically having to start the movie from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would be too, because I'm sure there were probably some other projects that he could have worked on, but you know, this pro this movie's taking a while, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I on the consumer side, I am happy that Mar Marvel is taking their time to write a great movie, because you know, I don't want it to turn out like another uh, Morbius. Yeah, <laughs> Morbius. I think yeah. So um, take your time, but. Yeah, for the sake of the actors, it's, it does kind of suck. Hey, I have an idea. What? Everybody's making fun of Morbius online, so let's put it back in theaters. Because <laughs> maybe they'll go yeah. see it because they're all making fun of it. I do want to see the previous <laughs> script for Blade, though. Yeah? To see how bad it was. Oh, no. They should just make like a... Just still do it, and then the tell people it's bad. Yeah. When they watch it. That'd so be it's funny. like a cult classic kind of thing. We'll find it one day. Yeah, I'm sure. So one other thing maybe we'll find one day. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been some talk about how in Wakanda Forever, uh, they put... This is so funny to me. They put CGI shorts on Namor <laughs> to cover up or control his junk, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They spent money on this. They did. <laughs> Could you imagine the person who had to sit there and stare at it for eight hours a day to cover it up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that they did that. Because, um, yeah, and because there are, if, if you do, or if you are curious, they do have, like, pictures online and on Twitter to show, like, the difference of the original versus the theatrical edit. Um, and, yeah, it is quite a difference let's just say that it's just funny because i feel like this made things even worse because now we're talking about it and going yeah. online and looking at it more whereas if it was just there we wouldn't have paid as much attention maybe mm, but also <laughs> uh, but also like in power rangers they wear compression shorts yeah and then we've also talked about like a dancer's belt so why not just do it the least expensive way. Just control it naturally. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's just... Because I don't even know how comfortable <laughs> that is. Yeah. You know, um, to wear how many hours. Um, but, yeah. Meanwhile, ten awkward just sitting back going, yep, everybody's looking <laughs> at my junk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at first, when I saw the um, the subject line of it, because it says, where's Namora's junk? I thought it you were talking about the merch. <laughs> I'm so mad about that. And I was like, oh, so you admit his merch is junk. How? Well, <laughs> those ears are. I don't like the Namor ears. Yeah. But yeah, I've been very sad. There's not a lot of uh, Namor stuff in the park. And I'm like, Disney, everybody's talking about this character. Like, he was the standout of the movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been grabbing what I can. I grabbed a Namor pin today. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all they had. That's all. <laughs> On a lighter note, I guess if I'm a good boy, maybe Santa will bring me some more stuff, right? Or Kevin Bacon. Or Kevin Bacon. <laughs> so we watched the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. This is also spoiler free, but I'm going to say this right now. Uh, you need to go watch this right away. It's on yeah. Disney+. Plus. It is so fun. It is. Um, it's. I was really curious to see how they would make a holiday movie with Guardians of the Galaxy, and they did it 
really well. Um, I wouldn't say too much, but Mantis is probably the breakout character of this movie. Um, probably <laughs> she is. She was like I liked her in the movies, but she just she was the main like just the main character in this one, and she was hilarious. Um, a lot of good one liners, I would say. A lot of good one liners. Yeah. I like the kind of mixed media they did where we had like an animation sometimes Mm -hmm. it was it felt very holiday special but also making fun of holiday specials at the same time we get a new character who's a lot of fun who we've talked about on this podcast before so this was just really great and it didn't feel like a waste of time i guess like it still fits within the world but like you don't have to see it to watch the Guardians movies, yeah. but it feels like you should. <laughs> yeah, like it did reveal some things and yeah, um, like Star Wars plotline. That's true. We don't know where that may go. Like if that yeah. was just a nugget for this, or if it's gonna be a thread through the third movie. Yeah, and we got to see. Is it called Nowhere? Yeah, yeah. It was cool to see that and all like decked up for the holidays, which is nice. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of fun. I really liked it. And I guess it didn't really focus on Rocket and Groot as much as I thought it might. It really was all about Drax and Mantis. Yeah. Like, everybody's in it, but they had the biggest screen time, which I liked. Yeah. Like, we don't get to see Mantis as much. And she, like you said, she carried it. Yeah. And especially with Drax, you know, his character, his, the actor that plays him, he is retiring from playing him soon. So it's cool to see kind of like, Almost like his last hurrah. Second to last hurrah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. And uh, we will return to Guardians also to talk more spoilers in our spoiler section. Yeah. If you want to hear more. All right. Let's move over to Galaxy. 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 So this has been something that's been talked about. I've been reading these comics, Star Wars, The High Republic. There's a lot of media around this time. And so this is set like hundreds of years before any Star Wars that we know. So this is more so like the Jedis are thriving and they're kind of sideswiped by the existence of the Sith. And there's like a lot of battles and wars. And this is what kind of sets up the Sith with the whole like... There can only be two, the master and the servant idea. So um, a lot of people are really excited for this. And where it comes up is there are some rumors flying around that we may see a live action Star Wars The High Republic show coming to Disney+. Plus. That'd be cool. I love live action Star Wars stuff. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I honestly prefer it more than the animated oh, stuff. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I really like Rebels. Yeah. I don't know. I just I feel like the live action captures my attention a bit more. And they're shorter in terms of just the number of episodes that come out. So you're not like catching so up. So are you really saying this right now when we just watched the Endor? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, out of all the ones out there, you know, the, the majority of the live actions I do like. Yeah. No, they are really good with the live action stuff. I admit there is something magical about getting to see real life characters doing these like science fictiony type things, yeah. flying ships, shooting around on rockets. 
seeing life life save life lightsabers yeah you know being played around with real people it's that awesome. whole obi-wan vader battle at the end of yeah. obi-wan oh yeah oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. something about dogs <laughs> <laughs> i don't know this is just something cute because you know also we don't have a lot of galaxy news this week um, but I came across this report uh, from an air, a town called Chichester, New Hampshire, and um, basically it is a a group of four dogs that are up for adoption um, through a shelter or rescue called Live Live and Let Live Farm or Live and Let Live Farm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So they found these uh, six puppies abandoned on the side of the road. They were rescued by them and they are ready to be adopted. So they are known as the Jedi pups. It's Leia, Skywalker, Lando, Ray, Kylo, and Ahsoka who are up for adoption. So wow. yeah, yeah, if you are in New Hampshire. Um, check out the Live and Let Live Farm Rescue, and hopefully you can bring them home for a forever home. How cute! Yeah. <laughs> you know what else is cute? You. <laughs> There's uh, rumors that the next uh, Star Wars film will be starting production soon. Wow. Yeah. Um, this is a report from the Bespin Bulletin. And they have revealed that, yeah, filming prep for the next Star Wars film will be starting unexpectedly soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they said that there's some evidence that they'll be shooting the next Star Wars movie, potentially pre-production as soon as April or May. Um, so, yeah, that the, the movie could be coming out sooner or later. This is uh, rumored to be um, Taika Waititi's project that he's doing. So, yeah, and we all know... Um, that this is probably going to be a very different Star Wars movie compared to ones in the past with Taika, you know, taking the reins of things. It's going to be sillier. It is. It, uh, it will be sillier. Probably not have any Jedi in it. Really? No, I don't know. Oh, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, they talked about going away from the Skywalkers, but I don't know where they are on Jedi. Yeah. You have to have Jedi. You have to have lightsabers. Mandalorian carried it off with very limited Jedi usage. True, but I like lightsabers. Yeah, I know. Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Yeah, Parks and Rec. <laughs> We're moving on. So finally, we get a date. Toontown opens March 8th. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'm just curious to know, to see how it's going to be between January 27th when (laughs) the Runaway Railway Ride opens and which is going to be in the middle of Toontown and Toontown not being open until March 8th. Yeah, this is a very odd decision. I wish they would just move up the opening of Toontown to match the opening of the ride. Yeah, I wonder if there were some sort of, like, construction delays for something. Because, mm. um, yeah, I feel like it would have made sense for everything to open up all at once. Um, but I'm still excited. Um, I'm sure we'll be there. Um, we have reservations! Not for March 8th. 
No, for the 27 <laughs> January. Yeah, but I'm, I'm excited for Toontown to be open as oh, well, yeah, too, yeah. and check out all the new things over there. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of new things, um, Gideon. So, um, at the IAPA, which is the, it's like an amusement park um, convention, they, uh, the owners of Gideon's Bake Shop, which sells those big, gigantic cookies, um, delicious cookies, at um, Disney Springs, did talk about some potential expansion plans, but for those on the West Coast thinking that that means that they're going to open a shop up at Downtown Disney, it unfortunately doesn't sound like that. It's more so they are going to make kind of like sister um, bakery or sister businesses, um, so not much like another cookie shop, but potentially something else um, in the works. Um, but still kind of having that same Gideon's tone of this, you know, very, like, gothic, fun, uh, whimsical type of atmosphere. So, yeah, I mean, I still, hopefully, um, if you're the owner of Gideon's and you're listening to this, we do want one in the West Coast. Yes! And that would be awesome. But, you know, it's still cool to see expansions, and hopefully that leads to more expansions outside of Florida as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this one's cool. So this next one doesn't need a transition. He's literally <laughs> clapping. No, I, I love things that like talk about rides and possible, you know, what we can see in the future. So there are two patents out that Disney um, filed. The first one being a boat similar simulator ride system. So basically you t- you're taken out on a boat kind of like similar to Pirates of the Caribbean um, or Small World. And then around you, you're in encapsulated by a dome that projects things so your boat somehow moves in the water while it simulates what's going on the screen so that's cool kind of like um king kong 360 um on the tram ride at universal that type of situation and some people are are thinking that it might go with uh the moana potential expansion out in animal kingdom um which you know makes a lot of sense um, and then there's also another ride patent system that Disney uh, filed for. It's basically, think of like a ride track that's on top of each other, or two ride tracks, one on the top, one on the bottom. And then a roller coaster track kind of swings to the bottom, so from the top to the bottom. And with that kind of um, velocity of the swing, it kind of launches you uh, to the track below you. Um, you kind of have to see it, but it's that's kind of just a cool concept. I don't know what they would be doing with this, but kind of cool as well too. So yeah, kind of thought I'd share that because I'm a nerd for these kind of things. You just said you're a nerd. Yeah, but that's a, why I'm with you. You're a nerd too. Yeah, I'm also a nerd for food like you are. So uh, <laughs> Disney has made a few announcements all at once. Mm-hmm. So January 20th through February 15th at Disney's California Adventure. Uh, we are going to be celebrating Lunar New Year. They are going to have food for Year of the Rabbit along with Year of the Cat in recognition of the Vietnamese Zodiac calendar. Mm. So guests will be able to enjoy Mulan's Lunar New Year procession. There's going to be two new Lunar New Year marketplaces. Because I will say last Lunar New Year we noticed there wasn't as many... Um, stations that you could get food from. Yeah. It was only like six, I think, when it's usually around eight. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. They're adding some. Yeah. Also, um, 
There's going to be the Hurry Home Lunar New Year celebration, which will be showcased before World of Color. So you get a little bit longer of a a show there. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. And then characters like Mulan, Mushu, Mickey, and Minnie Mouse will roam the park in festival attire. Nice. And for a limited time, Soarin' Over California is going to be showing instead of Soarin' Around the World again. Mm-hmm. So this was something last year they did, and we were like, we have to go on it before it's gone. But now I guess it's just a thing that they're going to be doing yeah. regularly. And that's for the Food and Wine Festival, right? Oh, yeah, that one's for the Food and Wine Festival, yeah. which is uh, March 3rd to April 25th during my birthday. Mm-hmm. So from those dates, you can go on Soarin' Over California and then this is also known as the annual foodie festival, which will have 12. So it's even more than I thought. 12 booths that have food. Yeah. Yeah, I love, especially with the holidays kicking off the festival of holidays. Like now we're going to have like almost back to back food festivals, which I love. Yeah. Through, through basically like almost summertime. So I love that so much. And this is something that we're nerds for. Like, today we went to the park to enjoy the current festival, which is the Festival of Holidays. We got to see the holiday parade, which is actually really small. Mm-hmm. It's just like a marching band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what was cute, too, is we were over in that, what would you call it, like the Coco area? Yeah, Coco area by the um, Paradise Pier Garden. And we got to see the, um, like... Latinx celebration where Mickey and Minnie came out and Minnie was going, hola, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mickey, hola. And they had a lot of, like, kind of the, the floats used in Latin celebrations. So it's really cool that Disney is showcasing, are doing their best to showcase, like, different holidays, different celebrations. They have Hanukkah food scattered throughout. Like, they're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah, so that was held at the Paradise Garden Grill, um, and that celebration specifically is Viva Navidad. Viva Navidad. Yeah. And I think they have characters from Encanto, too. Well, at least Mirabelle at, over there, because I saw, like, a sign that said okay. um, Encanto. So, yeah. And they had the three caballeros. They did. That was fine. I was like, where's Donald? Because I heard him, and he was in his little float with his two friends. Yeah. And Alan, do you know what we haven't done in a while? What? Tail or fail? Yeah. Let's get into some food. Okay. Shall we? We shall. <laughs> Be our guest. Okay. So we'll start out with, I guess we'll go by cart. So the first cart we did, or one of the carts that we did was Holiday Duets. And this is where they had the pork belly adobo, the southern mac and cheese. And we also tried the huckleberry sake sangria. So starting with the pork belly adobo, which is a returning item, I thought it was a I, I I love this one, so it's definitely a tail. Um, I'm glad they brought this back. Oh, yeah, and uh, if it's first time hearing this, oh, yeah. tail is like, it's a tale worth telling, and fail is, it wasn't as great. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the pork belly adobo, they bring it back every time for a reason, because it's so good, so, yeah. yeah, it's a tail. Yeah, and then the southern mac and cheese, um, that one. Oh, we're going back to the pork belly adobo that has garlic rice with braised pork belly, chicharron pieces, and green onions. Um, and then next we tried the southern mac and cheese, which is a Cajun-style mac and cheese with andouille sausage and spiced panko crunch. What are your thoughts on that one? I'm going to say fail, only because I feel like 
their mac and cheese is hit or miss. It's it feels like it's all the same mac and cheese, and they just kind of throw different things on it. So mm-hmm. if I were to have to choose, should I get that or other things within the park? I'm gonna skip that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was one of the first mac and cheeses we've tried this season. So when I had it, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. But then compare compared to other mac and cheeses that we tried later on. This was one of the ones I would probably rate the lowest. Um, so agreed, it was a bit of a fail. Yeah, and it's not bad. It's just I'm thinking from the perspective, there's a lot of food. If I'm going to take or leave this one, I'd rather get other things. Yeah, because you only, and especially if you're doing sip and savor, you only have eight tabs that you can use. So mm-hmm. um, you have to kind of choose wisely. Um, and then here we got the Huckleberry Sake Sangria, which had Merlot wine, sake, Huckleberry syrup, orange juice, and cinnamon syrup, and it was topped with sparkling water, garnished with orange, an orange wheel. I remember this being really good. It was it good. It was a tail. Yeah, I mean, especially if you like sangria, it is very good, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so the next cart is a twist on tradition. <laughs> so this one, <laughs> it had curry mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Which... Uh, Obviously, it had curry in it, as well as cilantro oil and crispy garbanzos. Um, so if you've seen it in the pictures, the garbanzos, like all the little like orange balls on top. Um, I liked it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite anymore, but it was, <laughs> you know, something I did enjoy amongst the mac and cheeses. Um, but now seeing the cilantro oil part, it was kind of oily for me. So I wish they kind of turned that back a little bit. But I would still say it is a tail for me. For me, Alan <laughs> keeps looking at me because he knows my thoughts. I <laughs> thought it was a fail. I don't know. Something about the curry was like a spice I didn't like. Mm-hmm. It was a little spicier than I would have liked it to be. And I don't hate spicy, but I just didn't love it with this mix. I love spicy. So that's probably why. I love you too. <laughs> Uh, the next thing we got was the Lox and Bagel Everything, or sorry, Lox and Everything Bagel Nachos. This had bagel chips, <laughs> cream cheese, diced smoked salmon, and an everything spice, uh, with which has a mixture of onions, tomatoes, and capers. Um, so it's basically like a deconstructed, uh, <laughs> like bagel or uh, Lox and Bagel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this was also a tale for me. Um, oh. it was an interesting way to eat you know a lox bagel um but it was good yeah a tail i didn't love it but it was good well some other people loved it (laughs) i thought it was total tail i would totally get this one again and it was funny because i was letting alan eat more of the mac and cheese because i was eating more of the lox and bagel because it's so good it was so good y'all i also feel though that you can make this at home (laughs) but it was so good (laughs) you can make this at home it gives you all the ingredients right here. As if you can't make that mac and cheese. I'm just throw some curry on it. Wow. <laughs> well, something that you can't make. I probably can't make either. Um, we also got a guava melon lassi. It is non-alcoholic. Uh, so this had guava nectar, rock melon syrup, <laughs> uh, non-fat yogurt, and honey. And it was yes. garnished with cinnamon whipped cream and honey flavored cereal. I love this. I want to get it again. So when Alan said he wanted to get this, I was almost kind of like, what's the point? It's not even alcoholic. Wow. This was a total... It was so good. I felt like I was drinking a gummy bear. Yeah. It was very good. (laughs) 
I want I want it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely not something that I would recommend to use your tab on because it's less than like six something. Um, so yeah, I just pay cash for it, but it was so good for sure. Um, the next one that we tried, it is the, let me turn the page. It was at Bruise and Bites, which is the Chorizo Queso Fundido. And it's, uh, sorry, the Impossible Chorizo Queso Fundido. So it's vegetarian. And it has, uh, it comes with tortilla chips. So it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> the tortilla chips were so salty, but they, they were, were so good. It was good with the, the dip for sure. So this is something they've had before, and I'll just put it this way. This is definitely a tale, because I thought about getting my own so I don't have to share it with Jessie, who was kind enough to let us eat off of hers. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. I shared, but it was good enough to make me want to just pay for my own out-of-pocket. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. definitely good. Um, get it? I would get it again, especially if you like chips and queso, because mm -hmm. that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next on our list, we went to the sorry these pages are sticking together um the oh the grandma's recipes so we started off with the impossible meatloaf and mashed potatoes um which came with gravy and crispy shallots how did we like that so that one you could very much tell i feel more so than other impossible stuff that i've had that it was made out of like a black bean but it was still really good, especially for being non-meat. I could definitely see myself if I gave up meat. This is the kind of stuff I'd want to eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was good. I, For me, I couldn't really taste the beans as much, but I'm also... Uh, I'm not a fan of meatloaf as well as, you know, vegetarian... Well, okay, I do like vegetarian meats, but I wouldn't eat it on the regular. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, It was tasty and the mashed potatoes were good too so yeah yeah i just realized remember rachel gave us that test and i'm a super taster and you're not that's why i tasted the beans and you didn't yeah <laughs> sucks for you wow <laughs> <Just> <laughs> um so yeah that one was a tail for sure and also the pumpkin layer cheesecake which had layers of oh. style cheesecake uh pumpkin pumpkin gooey cake and graham cat <laughs> cracker and it was topped with a spice chantilly and chocolate decoration. Um, so, yeah, that one was delicious. That was definitely a tale. I was surprised because Jessie doesn't like cheesecake. I was surprised she didn't even like this because I could not yeah. taste it as much. Yeah. But, yeah, as someone who loves pumpkin and cheesecake, this was heaven in my mouth. Yeah, I want to <laughs> learn how to make, make it because it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also at this cart... Um, we got the Hummingbird Cocktail, which had bourbon, creme de banana liquor, pineapple juice, banana puree, butter pecan syrup. Oh my gosh, so much. Uh, cinnamon sugar, <laughs> demerara sugar, uh, vanilla bean, and it was garnished with a pineapple wedge. And this was definitely a tail for me, um, especially if you like pineapple, uh, pineapples. You'll definitely taste the pineapples in it, and it you don't taste much of the alcohol either. Um, so it was a very nice surprise. I initially wasn't going to get any cocktails at this one, but I saw that when I saw it had pineapple and banana too, which you don't really taste. Um, and yeah, it was yummy. It's delicious. Yeah. And I feel like even though co the workers have heard of this drink cause they were asking yeah. you about it and this was a tale. It's, it had everything I liked in it and definitely very pineapple-y. Yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the next one. So um, I went to Disney on a separate time um, when it actually first opened. And I went to the favorite things cart, which had the chicken tikka masala, um, which had which, which comes with bas- basmati rice. I'll just say quick review. It's a fail for me. If you ever tried tikka masala at a restaurant, go there instead because it's not as good as a restaurant. I don't know if it was just sitting there for a while, but I wouldn't recommend that. Um, I also got the churro toffee cold brew latte, which was delicious. I didn't get the alcoholic version, just the non-alcoholic, and would also recommend to get that as well, too. Um, so yeah, try those out. <laughs> Um, and then next up, we got the, at Mary Mashups, we got the Esquites Carnitas Mac and Cheese and the Spiced Apple Cider Margarita. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so starting with the Esquites uh, Carnitas Mac and Cheese, which had um, carnitas, salsa matcha, spiced puff rice, freeze-dried corn, and chopped cilantro. I, I really like, this is my favorite mac and cheese dish. Your sure. favorite? It was a tail for sure. Yeah, we've gotten this before, and I remember just falling in love with it. It was so good. It's a tale for me as well. Yeah, it's a bit spicy on the spicy side, but it's yeah. so good. Speaking of spicy, <laughs> the spicy apple cider margarita, which comes with tequila, apple cider, uh, a house-made ghost pepper cinnamon syrup, raspberry syrup and lime juice, and is, was garnished with an apple chip. So what I missed when I ordered this is that it has ghost peppers. <laughs> I kind of thought like spicy, like spiced, you know, uh-huh. like a little bit of a kick. Yeah. This thing kicked me in the mouth and I fell to the ground. <laughs> we were like sad to drink it. We were all giving like gross faces after taking a sip of it. I was ready to throw half of it away. And Jesse was like, you can't leave your alcohol on the table. Mm-hmm. So she forced us to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad she did because it was a $15 drink, but definitely a fail for me. Yeah. It, it had moments where you could really taste the apple, but for the most part, it was spicy. And that's not something I loved in a drink. Yeah. So, what about I mean, if the you like Wakanda Forever stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, this it's not part of the festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the Wakanda cart, um, that they consider themselves not part of the festival. They're too good to be part of the festival. So you can't pre-order from them or use your tabs there. Um, but there we got the Peri Peri Chicken. Oh, that was such a tale. It's so good. Yeah, very good. I mean, it is a higher price point. It's $9, but it's like quality chicken. Yeah. I mean, it, and the amount, I mean, I wish they kind of give you a little bit more rice, but they do give you two chicken dr- drumsticks and a scoop of rice, which isn't too bad. No. Yeah, so definitely good. It had, um, it, the chicken was just so, like, juicy. It wasn't dry at all. Um, and even the rice as well, too. Like, it had, I think it had dates in it which made it a little sweeter. Um, So it was a good, like, mix of sweet and savory, um, which was very good. Um, And then we also got the... Sorry if I'm saying this wrong. It's called the Ma'afe. That had... uh, It was basically a ground peanut stew with sweet potatoes, tomatoes, black-eyed peas, spices, um, and it comes with naan. That was delicious as well, too. I was actually a little hesitant to get that a bit because it's... It was more like, I just felt like it was going to taste like a vegetable stew, and it wasn't. It was more um, like peanutty and just like smooth uh, to go with the naan. So, yeah, definitely a tail as well. 
Yeah, that one was a tail. I feel like I liked it a little more than you did because yeah. you're not a huge bean person. Yeah. In e- even though you can't always taste the beans, but yeah, it <laughs> wow. was really good. Um, I think both of these had the nine dollar price point, so it is a little higher, especially if you're planning on going to multiple carts, and especially if you're purchasing the um s- the sip and saver pass, mm-hmm. but. These are definitely worth a try if you have the extra time and money to try them. If I had to choose one, I'd get the Peri Peri Chicken over yeah. the Mafe. So that's my opinion. Did we get the drink over there? We did not. Okay. Well, I, I tried the on a separate occasion. I did try the Butterfly PT Lemonade, which is similar to their alcoholic version, just didn't have alcohol, and that one's good as well too. It's just basically like a lemons lemon tea, lemonade tea. Um, so yeah, it was good to definitely tail as well too. Um, it's just nothing I super loved, but delicious. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So that brings us to, uh, I'm going to go over our results from the, uh, tournament of featured, which it's been a while since we yeah. talked about this. We'll do our cover Disney and then we'll get into our spoiler section. How does that sound to you? Sounds delicious. So I don't remember if we went over the second round results or not. Probably not. Probably not. Second round, I was really surprised by this. Max Goof beat out Mickey with 63% of the votes. Uh, Wicket beat out Thackeray Binks at 65%. Harlequin Demon, Jesse's character, (laughs) actually beat out Scarlet Spider at 63% of the votes. Wow. I was very surprised by that, too, because Scarlet Spider is very loved. Um, Iceman beat Mystic Green Ranger with 82%, pretty high. Uh, Stitch actually barely beat Poe Dameron at 57% for Stitch. Wow. And Grogu pretty much killed Loki with 64% of the votes. He would. He He would. He'd use a force. So the next round, we had a tie, which is very... People love their Max Goof, Alan. (laughs) Yeah. Max Goof and Wicket tied at 50%. Uh, Grogu beat out Harlequin Demon at 90%. I got a very unhappy message from <laughs> Jesse. Like, that was uh, low putting them against each other. <laughs> um, and Iceman actually barely beat out Stitch at 56%. Wow, that one's crazy. Iceman is very loved by the X-Men and queer community, mm. as you can see. So what I did is I kept both Max Goof and Wicket, and then Grogu and Iceman at that point. Round four, Grogu barely beat Max Goof at 58%. Wow. Yeah, and Iceman beat Wicket at 71%. And the final winner, Grogu beat out Iceman, final two... Grogu got 59% of the votes. So it only would have taken a few more votes in Iceman's favor for him to come out ahead. Yeah. And honestly, like, I could have gone in (laughs) with my Magic Havoc and those other accounts and made it happen. But I was like, I want to keep this fair and honest. And I want to, like, actually see who wins the whole thing according to votes. Yeah. Did you have fun with this? I did. It was fun. Um, It was cool to see everyone's... It kind of gives you an idea, or gives me an idea of who our listeners are <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but yeah it's, it was fun to do and just kind of fun to see all the little like side chatter going on of like vote for this person you should you should all my friends vote for this person because 
I want this person to win. <laughs> yeah. So I think based on like Iceman making it to top two, I have one thing to say to our listeners. What? Hi, gay. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Everybody likes Iceman. You don't have to be gay to like him. But it does say that we have a lot of like X-Men fans and mm-hmm. we do have a lot of queer fans. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So for Cover Disney... Alan, I was so excited to hear this song. You know, because I turned to you in the theater. In uh, Strange World, they played a song, which the song is a little old. I think it's at least, I want to say maybe eight years old. Um, But yeah, they played it. And it's such a fun song. It's one I've uh, been listening to since it came out. It's by Caravan Palace. The song is called Lone Digger. Hmm. The reason I like it is it mashes up kind of like a techno dancey feel with that kind of jazzy feel. And it just has like fun singing to it. So, yeah, it's a good song. I'll play a little bit here so our favorites can see how they like it. And in case you saw Strange World and were like, what is that song? Because it was so good. It is Caravan Palace. <laughs> so now you know. Yeah. <laughs> How did you like that song? It was good. Um, I didn't know because they, I guess they played a portion of it in the movie that didn't have any uh, lyrics to it. Yeah, there was no lyrics. Yeah. But I recognized it. Yeah, so it's cool to hear the words with it. Um, Yeah, it was a good, it was a fun scene. It was a random scene in the movie because it was just them cooking. But um, yeah, it was still fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Shall we get into our spoilers? Sure. So starting with Andor 11 and 12, I I don't understand everything that happened. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty straightforward in that we see Andor escape the Imperials and him and his co-escapee go to steal a ship but are taken captive. So they just got free of being captives. They get taken captive again. And then these guys are like, hey, that's cool, um, but we can help you. So it's kind of like, well, then what was the point? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't know. And then we find out that Cassian's mom has died, so he wants to go to the funeral, but the Imperials know that's exactly where he would be. So he goes, he tries to sneak into his mom's funeral in episode 12, Rick's Road, and uh, the Imperials are scouting at her funeral. There's a hologram of her name is Marva appears. And this was pretty cool. She basically incites the rebellion. Yeah. Yeah, because her um, hologram she left tells people to stand up and to the Imperials. And then a fight breaks out. So this was a really strong scene to me. Yeah, I felt like this was the whole... Like, all the episodes before was more just, like, an intro, and this is, like, where the story of Andor is starting. Yeah! Like, this is where we're gonna get action and actually, like, more development of things. I think to me, and this may sound weird, uh, the show, to me, was at its strongest when 
we weren't necessarily learning about Andor, but we were seeing events unfold through Andor. Yeah. Like, seeing the way that the captives were treated with the Imperials, like, that was interesting to me. But then it started focusing on him, like, befriending the captives, and then I kind of didn't care again. Yeah. And then same with this. Like, a lot of episode 12, strangely, didn't feature Andor as much. It featured more of what was going on around him. Yeah, and it's just, I think the tough part is, like, there's a lot of characters that you don't know, and it's like, do I need to know this person? Do I, How <laughs> invested do I need to spend my time, you know, knowing this person? Because, like, we know as well, too, Andor's not going to survive, or, you know, he's going to die eventually, and, like, are, are these all these other character is going to die as well too so it's it's tough because like you can't be invested with so many characters and it's just it just felt a very long drawn out introduction to things yeah the part that really made me mad and maybe if i get this wrong or if you think i missed something or you think i'm dumb for not seeing it the end when andor gets to the ship and his buddy is about to shoot him because I guess yeah. he was contracted to kill Andor. I get that. And he's like pretending to be an Imperial. So this is the mission he was on. But like, I don't feel like there's ever a question that he would kill Andor since he's the one that brought Andor into the rebellion in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, how is this a good end? How is this a good cliffhanger? It drove me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very weird cliffhanger. So. <laughs> I'm curious to see what season two brings. Um, I would just say the highlight of this season is probably seeing the ship. Um, you, said, you just said his name, Skarsgård's character. Yeah. Um, the ship have a lightsaber, basically. <laughs> that was just so amazing, because like, that was the first time there's actually some action and you know a sense of lightsabers, so I like that a lot. Yeah, that was when it finally kind of felt like Star Wars to me. And we do think it's funny because our close friend, like, loves, or maybe not loves, but really likes the show. And she's not even a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. And we are, and we're like, meh. But uh, his name is Luthen Rael. That's Stellan Skarsgård's character. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, this first season, I don't hate it. I'm... Excited to get more. It just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I'm curious to see after seeing, you know, a few episodes in season two, if we'll, like, go back to season one and be like, oh, yeah, that's why they did it this way. Yeah. Um, Hopefully it turns out that way. I may even try going back and watching from the beginning to see if maybe not watching it week to week helps. But I don't know. That's a big investment. That's 12 hours. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, what wasn't a big investment was this 45-minute Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yeah. So, as you may have seen, it starts off with the old-school animation when it's Peter Quill's... uh, His story is being told Mm -hmm. by uh, Kraglin about how him and... I'm not remembering names right now. uh, Blue guy. Yeah. (laughs) uh, When they were fighting Yondu. Yes. So, yeah, I really love that old school animation. We learned that the Guardians bought Nowhere from the Collector, which is pretty cool. Because we've seen Nowhere throughout the movies, but now they own it. So I'm wondering how that's going to play into Guardians 3. Mm-hmm. So if if you're not familiar, Nowhere is a Celestial's head that has been hollowed out. The Celestial died. 
they hollowed out its head, and now people are living inside it, which is really odd. Yeah. <laughs> when you, because I was like, oh, this is a cool place. You're like, yeah, it's nowhere. It's someone's head. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that's featured a lot in the comics. It's also like you know we've seen it in uh, Avengers: Infinity War. We've seen it in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it's been a staple. So, yeah, it's pretty cool that they actually own it now. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this, but Cosmo is finally here. Yeah. Cosmo, who's also in the queue for the ride, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Cosmo, who is actually the character who brought the Guardians together in the comics. Um, I think they did Cosmo perfectly. I mean, they did change Cosmo from male to female, which is fine. But uh, I love that they kept Cosmo as a Russian space dog who who developed um, telepathy and telekinesis. So it's a very fun addition to this already kooky band of people Mm -hmm. and creatures. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, (laughs) I love how the the aliens did the Christmas song with their new uh, instruments. And Peter was like, you guys just got these instruments? (laughs) And we also saw a quick little um, um, Easter egg when they get to Hollywood. Uh, there's a sign in the background that says Kingo's Christmas. Where's that from? Kingo is one of the Eternals. Oh, yeah. 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 So all in all, this was so much fun to watch. I'm actually planning on watching it again tomorrow <laughs> because I just had fun. And this is what I think a Christmas our holiday special should be. It should just be stupid, fun, and celebratory. Mm-hmm. And again, I, like I said before, Mantis was just so funny. I loved her. I, I was just happy because like, she was always the back... I, I felt anyways like she was mostly the background, one of the more background characters in Guardians. So I'm glad to see that she had her more spotlight on her. Which is great. Yeah, and what we alluded to earlier, we find out that she is Peter Quill's sister. Yeah. So, yeah, what crazy implications could this have? I don't know. We'll see. You know. I mean, it's cool, too, because, like, I feel like the, most of the themes for Guardians, especially with Star-Lord's character, is, like, family. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool that he can start having, like, an actual family kind of being on his good side with her i wonder though could this be like bad news for peter quill and guardians 3 because if they're putting together that there's like a familial bond does that mean one of them could be in peril and this bond was set in motion to like make it more heart-wrenching oh maybe yeah because with this being the last guardians like anything could happen (laughs) yeah i don't know well i guess we'll just have to see yeah, because that would be, to me, that would maybe hint that uh, this could be a passing of the torch. Like, Peter and Mantis are equals because they're siblings. Mm. So then that way she can carry on in his teeth. Or it could mean that this is how the MCU is going to bring mutants. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense for because, like, they did kind of make her a bit more like of a fighter like she was fighting the cops and like you know doing cool stuff so she seems like a pretty like cool character now yeah and we kind of talked about after watching it that there's been a lot of different people in the guardians so 
they could just retire some of them and mm-hmm. keep on going, especially because um, I don't I, I would love if uh, the MCU went there. But Drax, his whole story was he was actually a human. He got abducted into space and he got modified into being Drax. But what he left behind when he got abducted is his wife and his daughter were killed in the car that he was abducted from. But in comic book fashion, it turned out years later, his daughter didn't die. She actually grew up into a mystical woman called Moondragon with the bald head. She's actually a really cool character. And she's actually queer. She's, a, she's with Phi Lavelle. So I think that'd be cool if we had more of like those kind of characters join the Guardians, get more female voices, get more queer voices. Of course, we talked about like how Groot and um, Rocket are just voiced. So it's, it wouldn't be as hard to keep them in as it would other actors, like especially with Drax being like, I'm shirtless and I'm in my 50s. Like, why am I doing this still? So, yeah, that's where I'd like to see it go. If they do continue Guardians, like kind of retire Peter, maybe or maybe not Gamora, Drax, and then see where it goes from there with more of a female team. Yeah. I I also hope that they have Kevin Bacon in this third movie. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yes. All right. Anything else on the holiday special? Go watch it, guys. Go watch it. Strange world. Strange. So this is what I I mean with my message in the beginning. Strange world. That's really creepy. The trash can just opened. We're not even near. Strange world. I didn't know this. I didn't even know this going in. I didn't even know there was a kid in it. I didn't know this kid is queer. Like the advertising is terrible for this movie. Mm -hmm. Like with all these fun characters. Like why didn't they have billboards that showcase like. This is Jaeger. This is, you know, just showing at least who they are. Because the commercials didn't show any of that. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't think they would say, like, Hi, this is Jaeger. He's queer. (laughs) Well, no, Jaeger wasn't queer. I mean, not Jaeger. But yeah, um, I don't don't expect them to say that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I didn't know anything about this movie going in. I mean, yeah, that's just the number one problem in general. It's just there wasn't much exposure to what the storyline was yeah it's just like a group of people going into a strange world and it's so much more than that and some people are even saying that they feel disney is trying to sabotage it and saying like look we try to play it by your woke rules and it didn't do well but then disney's kind of the reason it didn't do well yeah i would i hear that but i also feel like disney wouldn't do that at this stage where they are I wouldn't say in a financial crisis, but they already fired someone for, you know, Disney yeah. Plus going under. So I don't think Disney can afford to make that risk and lose all that money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's, 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 it is pretty, I would say like pretty woke, but not in like a, it's not like um, yelling at you about it. It's just like telling you a story and this is kind of what happens. Yeah, I agree. It's just like these are the things you're going to encounter in real life. You're going to encounter races who are together, who are not the same. You're going to encounter queer people. And it's all just normalized. It's regular people. And this is where I think as a community, we need to stand up and we need to see this movie. We need to show that there is interest in this. And um, 
I think we need to try to get other people to see it too. We need to normalize this stuff so that people see us as actual people. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, even aside from that too, it also talks about not directly, but there's a sense of a talk of like global warming or, you know, taking yeah. care of your, your, your world that you live in, you know, cause that was the storyline of the, the pandos, the things, the, the plants that create energy, the whole plotline of that is that because it was actually hurting the the turtle that they were living on. Um, so, like, that's also just seen like, you know, watch out for, like, greenhouse emissions and global warming and things like that. Take care of your planet. Um, so I love how it just has this overall message of different things, progressive messages, I should even say. Um, so I just love that there's all that messaging and it's not just like trying to tell you a story with a happy ending. Yeah. And it's really interesting if you go on social media and look at reactions to this, of course, a lot of social media, not all, but a lot is controlled by like younger people. They're loving this movie. I feel like this is one that in 20 years they're going to be yelling like we want a strange world too. And they're going to get it and they're not going to like it as much because no, just kidding. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is a young person's movie. And I feel like that's why a lot of critics or a lot of older people aren't understanding it as much or not accepting it as much. But younger people are loving that it normalized a lot of what people actually are. We're not seeing, you know, all white people. We're not seeing all straight people. And it's not weird to not see that in this movie. It's normal that we're not all the same and everybody's accepted and loved for who they are. Yeah. I just loved how, yeah, it was just so nonchalant. Like, yeah, the character, he's gay, but like, it's not a focus of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There was a discussion with, um, um, searchers ch kid and his dad, like, he was like, oh, so you, you like someone? And he's like, yeah, he's great. And then the dad's like, oh, that's great that you found him. It's like, and that was it. It wasn't like, <laughs> oh, you're, you know, you're queer. No, it's just that's how it is because it's normal. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that so much. So, yeah, this is definitely a, a great experience, a great movie. Um, like I said before, I think the story may have suffered a little bit, but I think it's only suffered in the fact that the story wasn't what was important here. It was the family bond. And like for me, kind of seeing the way Searcher and his dad Jaeger didn't see eye to eye. Like I've lived that with my dad. I've also lived, um, I, I forget his name, but Searcher's son, the mm -hmm. queer son. I've lived that with my dad where like I didn't feel like I, I still kind of feel that way that we have two separate lives. Like the stuff I love is Disney and queer culture and he doesn't connect to either of those, but we still connect. So kind of finding those ways to connect, finding that we all just because we don't care about all the same stuff, we still care about each other. I really like that overall message. So I think at any age you can get something from this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch it. Please support it. Yeah, support it. Show people this is the type of media that we want. Yeah. And even, it is weird, too, I would say, like, with Disney, they, because I, I, I just went on Shop Disney and just searched Strange World to see what kind of merch they have. They only have a stuffed animal of the Splat character and, like, three t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm, very interesting. 
I'm really unhappy with Disney's merchant. I guess this is a bigger conversation, but yeah, like going into the park looking for anything no more. Like there was a pin. Looking for anything strange world, there's like not a lot. So yeah. when Hocus Pocus two came out, where was the Hocus Pocus two stuff? Where were the ears? You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they need to do better. <laughs> yeah, because we are willing to buy things because we're favorable. all right that's what we have for you today yeah thank you for listening please let us know how we're doing let us know if you don't agree or if you agree with our opinions you can write us through instagram or through uh sean.perret at gmail.com you can also find me on my other show solving for x with kevin where we're doing the x-men show from start to finish We're also working on Words of the Witches, where we're going through the Charmed comics. And you can find us on Uh, other podcasts as well, too. Uh, Once Upon a Cult. Right now we are, you know, taking a break from that. But if you want to catch up on episodes, um, you can find us on that with Rachel as well. And there's 89 episodes to listen to. Yeah. 89. That's a lot. Because we're on the countdown to 100. That's why I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can also uh, find me on TikTok uh, on Disney Allen where I make TikToks about Disney. Yay. Yeah. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Yay. Bye-bye. Yay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.